2: Welcome to Affiliate Buzz, the longest running program on affiliate marketing. James and Arlene Martell are here to inspire, inform, and motivate you with expert insight, interviews, and information that will increase your bottom line. Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Now, please welcome James and Arlene.
3: Hi, it's James Martell here, and yes, welcome to edition number 427 of the Affiliate Buzz, where we've been keeping affiliates inspired, informed, and motivated to succeed with affiliate programs since way back in 2003. If you are joining us live here today on cranberry.fm, it's great to have you with us. If you're joining us on a podcast or your smartphone, tablet, computer, or Wi-Fi radio, a very, very special welcome to you as well. Arlene is away today, and I don't have a guest joining us, so I guess it's just you and I today. And I thought it'd be a good opportunity to talk about a fresh website design with an emphasis on building and influencing an audience. And I'm just uh, putting the final touches on a a brand new design for a client of ours. We've actually, I shouldn't say that, we built a few of these now. uh, And I'm getting excited about it. It's working very well. Of course, things have changed a lot in the affiliate marketing space and online publishing over the last few years, and I felt it's been time to do a massive of overhaul of the way we have been developing sites. And I'm very excited to talk about it. And I think you're going to get a lot out of it. And
4: the whole idea here is add some cranberry radio podcast to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. Cranberry radio. It's it's good for you. Really.
5: From Washington, this is VOA News. I'm Michael Lippin reporting. U.S. Republican presidential nominee Donald Trump downplays lingering divisions within his party as he prepares to accept his nomination in a nationally televised address. Party divisions were evident on the final day of the Republican National Convention in Cleveland, Ohio, as Trump's main rival for the presidential nomination, U.S. Senator Ted Cruz, resumed a public feud with the New York tycoon. On Thursday, Cruz defended his decision not to endorse Trump during a convention speech the night before, despite a past pledge that he made to support his party's nominee. Speaking to Republicans from his home state of Texas, Cruz said he would not honor that pledge because of perceived insults by Trump against his family.
0: And that pledge was
6: not a blanket commitment that if you go and slander and attack Heidi, that I'm going to nonetheless come like a servile puppy dog and say thank
0: you very much for maligning my wife and maligning my father.
5: Well, Trump responded to Cruz's comments on Twitter by saying party unity prevails. Trump tweeted, other than a small group of people who have suffered massive and embarrassing losses, the party is very united. Great love in the convention arena. Turkey says it will suspend the European Convention on Human Rights during a three-month state of emergency that it declared to purge perpetrators of last week's failed coup. Ankara said Thursday it will follow France's example by invoking the European Convention's Article 15 that allows suspending certain human rights obligations during times of war or public emergencies. Turkish lawmakers are expected to approve President Erdogan's call for the three-month state of emergency that he made late Wednesday. This is VOA News. The Turkish president's top foreign policy chief says U.S.-Turkish relations have been unaffected by last Friday's coup attempt. The official was responding to allegations by senior members of Turkey's ruling AK party that Washington was involved in the failed uprising. Dorian Jones has the story. The Turkish presidency's foreign relations chief, Aisha Serzen Usluye, is rejecting those charges of U.S. involvement in the coup. But she blames the behavior of some U.S. lawmakers for the allegation.
1: Two U.S. senators, for instance, tweeted saying that good news of the day, military attempting to oust Turkish dictator. We have got all these tweets on social media. So such speculations do not help the Turkish people. We have lost hundreds of lives and we expect solidarity from our friends, actually.
5: Kusluher also said comments made by AK party officials and ministers accusing the United States are only personal comments. But Ankara's demand for the extradition of Turkish cleric Fethullah Gulen from the United States remains a point of tension in bilateral relations.
4: Pick out some new favorite podcasts now at cranberry.fm
1: Affiliate buzz starts now only on cranberry radio.
2: Welcome to Affiliate Buzz, the longest-running program on affiliate marketing. James and Arlene Martell are here to inspire, inform, and motivate you with expert insight, interviews, and information that will increase your bottom line. Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Now, please welcome James and Arlene.
3: Hi, it's James Bartell here, and yes, welcome to edition number 431 of the Affiliate Buzz, where we've been keeping affiliates inspired, informed, and motivated to succeed with affiliate programs since 2003. If you're joining us live here today on cranberry.fm, it's great to have you with us. If you're joining us through a podcast on your smartphone, tablet, computer, or Wi-Fi radio, a very special welcome to you as well. Arlene is away today, however, not to worry because I do have a very special guest joining us, Andrew B. Gordon, a CPA and attorney from the Gordon Law Group, and we're going to be talking about what merchants, affiliates, and bloggers must know about the FTC disclosure guidelines and I'm going to talk to Andrew about as as an affiliate, a blogger, a podcaster, a a publisher what we need to disclose to our visitors about our relationship with the merchants who are paying us and we're also going to talk a little bit about what an advertiser's responsibility is in the mix uh, including uh, what their responsibilities are for what their affiliates uh, say about them and a whole bunch more. Now Andrew Gordon is a CPA and attorney Uh, graduating from the University of Illinois with a BA and master's degree in accounting and a law degree from Chicago-Kent College of Law. Andrew previously worked in tax at the Big Four public accounting firm and clerked at the IRS office of chief counsel during law school. Andrew concentrates his legal work in the areas of tax controversies and compliance, corporate litigation, and FTC litigation and compliance. Andrew, welcome to the affiliate buzz.
6: Well, thank you very much, James.
3: Hey, it was great to uh, to meet up with you uh, in Chicago. There, of course, uh, our paths crossed at the uh, at the Think Tank. Uh, Did you enjoy uh, Did you enjoy the event?
6: Yeah, no, it was a great event. Um, Small group, which is sometimes nice to to have the intimacy to get to meet a lot of new, different people. Um, So it was a good event. Excited to go as well.
3: Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Big time, uh, good. And you're right about the uh, the small smallness of the event. I guess there's probably three, maybe three fifty four hundred people there, and uh, it's nice. And as we're about to head into New York City in ten days uh, for Summit, which will have somewhere between five and six thousand people in attendance, which is a whole different uh, event, uh, different dynamics, of course, just because of the sheer number of people. Plus, we're uh, tucked in the middle of New York City, so that'll be uh, that'll be a great time. So now, before we dig in, we you please uh, take a minute uh, or a couple minutes, if you may, and uh, share with us and for our listeners uh, a little bit about your background in the professional world?
6: Sure. Thank you. Uh, so I'm an attorney at the Gordon Law Group, which is a law firm uh, based in one of the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, although we're based in Chicago, we represent clients uh, nationwide uh, with a strong concentration on affiliates and internet marketing. Uh, we represent the advertisers, affiliates, networks. Um, in, in all different facets, um, including FTC actions. Uh, we've actually uh, represented quite a few people and companies uh, in the last few years in actions, so we've got some uh, hands-on experience. And as a result of that, we also uh, help affiliates and Internet marketers in general uh, with more of the compliance. Now, learning we have from litigation, how can uh, it, marketers be more proactive uh, to prevent these things from occurring?
3: Yeah, and we've all, I guess, heard the horror stories of big fines and even jail time, uh, jail time for some of them in the industry. So, of course, it's important that uh, we do things right. We want to avoid that. Nobody wants to go through that, whether it be a merchant, uh, an affiliate, uh, a network, or blogger. What? The, let's start at the very basics in the beginning, if we could. Could you describe... Give us a little background on when this began, the FTC guidelines, primarily for the affiliate marketing industry. Give us a little bit of a background on how that began and, and tell us a little bit about that.
6: Sure. So, you know, the, the big uh, beast here is really the FTC. Um, while there are state guidelines and uh, state attorney generals uh, do get involved in these types of actions, the one that people are most concerned with in many cases is the FTC Um, Not to say that the state shouldn't be a concern as well, but for purposes of our conversation, let's talk about the FTC, especially because our listeners are nationwide as well. Uh, The FTC Act has actually been around for quite some time, and the the Federal Trade Commission uh, has a number of jobs, but one of their primary roles is to prevent unfair competition and unfair or deceptive acts uh, in the practices affecting commerce, so generally advertising Um, and deceptive acts uh, to entice buyers to purchase products and and do certain things. So the FTC has had broad power to do these things for quite some time. Uh, The FTC Act was initially enacted actually in 1914, so over 100 years ago. Um, But especially in the realm of affiliate advertising, there's been much more focus and fortunately some more clear guidelines as to what, uh, in a more modern world, uh, clear and prominent disclosures, for example, means, and even in new areas like native advertisements, uh, there's been developments and guidelines issued uh, by the FTC. And a lot of these things have occurred in the last couple of years. Um, so although the FTC has generally been protecting consumers, um, and you know there have been lawsuits against affiliates and networks for several years now, a lot of the guidelines um, are quite recent.
3: Now, with these guidelines, I remember reading up on them. It's got to be uh, three, four, five years ago when this started to become a, a big deal. Everybody was talking about it. I know the uh, the 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 our watchdog in the industry was talking about it a lot, and all of a sudden, everybody is putting on these little disclosures on their website. But nobody really had honestly a clue how far we needed to take it. Yeah. What we needed to say, where we needed to put it on the site, there's a lot of confusion there, and there really, there really still is in the industry. Could you talk to that a little bit about a little bit about that? because quite frankly, a lot of affiliates just don't know where to put it and what to say, and you know, how do we tackle this?
6: Sure, and you know it, it really varies by the type of media, but there's some general guidelines um, that have also been expressed by the FTC in both their uh, guidelines and also in litigation. But just some general takeaways is uh, any of the disclaimers should be clear and unambiguous in their language. So, you know, if, uh, if you're trying to disclaim that the product is a rebill, it has to be very clear that you will be recharged 30 days with a certain amount. If it's an endorsement, uh, you have to be clear and identify that you are given a certain product for free uh, in order to provide a review. So although it depends by media... The real takeaway is that the, the language has to be clear and unambiguous. In addition, it has to be as close to, as possible uh, to the ad. So if it's a video, um, you know, it should be long enough and, and yeah, prominent in the video such that you could read it. Um, if it's just a ad on a website, um, disclaimer needs to be right by the call to action. If there's a button, um, it needs to be as close as possible. And a lot of these guidelines aren't explicit. Um, from the FTC, but rather just general. Um, Other types of things that people try to get away with. The font and the color has to be Mm -hmm. easy to read. Uh, You you can't hide it. Again, it goes back to the the original tenant that it has to be clear uh, and unambiguous. Um, Audio. So if it's a podcast and (laughs) you're receiving an endorsement, uh, you need an audio disclosure as well. So um, those are just a couple things, but in general, uh, it has to be sufficient enough to uh, advise the, the listener or the viewer such that they can make uh, an, an adequate decision as to the purchase of the product. Um, they can't be unfairly or deceptively targeted is what the FTC is, is working against. So,
3: okay, so that's, pretty, that's very clear for, for a website where we've got control. Uh, uh, and I guess a lot of affiliates are going to squirm a little bit about that but it makes sense and really to be clear and unambiguous and to get it as close as possible to the ad uh, not hiding it behind a colored font that type of thing that makes that makes sense and I can tell you i got some work to do on my site just hearing that uh, and I would imagine a lot of affiliates probably do Where, where how, how aggressive is the FTC going after
6: maybe even the smaller guys So, you know, it it really depends, and that's a question that I'm often asked. Uh, We've represented Mm -hmm. individuals who have made in the order of tens of thousands of dollars of profit. We've uh, represented individuals who have made millions. So being small or being large isn't necessarily a – while it's a factor, it's not decisive in whether or not uh, you're going to be, quote-unquote, targeted uh, by the FTC. So
3: let's talk about the advertiser for a moment, uh, or maybe let's let's put the advertiser, I guess, on the network where we put them in the same in the same conversation, or, or do we separate them? How how is the FTC? Actually, let's take them apart. So you have an advertiser. Yep. Of course, they've sure. got hundreds of affiliates, maybe thousands of affiliates, maybe tens of thousands of affiliates, and a lot of times the advertiser has little to no control, really, just because it kind of gets away on them. I would think of what the what the affiliate is actually saying. What what does the advertiser need to be aware of?
6: Yeah, and, you know, that's a great question. And unfortunately, although the the network may not believe or the advertiser believe they have control uh, of the overall end product, they are still responsible. The FTC has really gone after all elements of the chain. Um, so, the, you know, the, the direct advertisers, the networks, um, affiliates, they, they go potentially after everyone. And I think we could even look to some recent cases. Uh, and this is a recent case that I think might be interesting to the to listeners as well, is uh, the Warner, Warner Brothers recently settled a case with the FTC, actually, uh, just a couple weeks ago. Um, while mm-hmm. it was previously being litigated, it was recently settled. Um, and in this case, Warner Brothers was held responsible for inadequate disclosures of its influ- influencers. Um, when they were posting videos playing video games that Warner Brothers created. So we've got individuals on YouTube, influencers, uh, posting videos of them playing a video game provided uh, created by Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers is being held responsible for the inadequacy of the disclosures of the actual YouTubers, people playing the video games. So that's an example of the, the actual company being held responsible, although they may not have direct... Um, or they may not believe they have direct control over their influencers, uh, the FTC is finding them responsible, because it's not whether or not uh, they knew of the actions of those influencers, that they didn't uh, follow the FTC's guidelines on disclosures of their endorsement, but that they should have known, and so that Warner Brothers could have taken steps to ensure that their influencers were actually abiding by it. And so they were also held responsible in this case. Um, it's not to say sometimes directly the influencers aren't targets of investigations or suits, um, but it, but it's just an example of the FTC working its way up the chain as well, um, and not finding that just because you don't know what your influencers are publishing or you're not you're, you can't control quote unquote their disclosures uh, that you would not be responsible.
3: That's a very interesting example. And uh, in the affiliate space, we don't. It, the word influencers is just starting to creep in. I noticed that. And the gaming world is interesting because I've got a son, an older son, who's into it, uh, loves it. And he's kind of given me a glimpse at it. So when you're saying influencer, so let me just k- see if I got this right. You've got a gamer who's probably high profile. He has an audience that will actually possibly watches him play that game. I know because in, in, in my son's case, that's what happens. You've got you've got a gamer who's extremely good at the game, and literally thousands of people will be logged in to watch him play. He's not actually selling the game, endorsing it, right. but is he's influencing the audience to that game. Is that is that where that is?
6: So that's exactly it. And so, in this specific Warner Brothers case, uh, it was the very popular. I think I'm pronouncing it right. PewDiePie. Uh, who has millions of followers, and the, the one video in question actually was viewed more than 3.7 million times. Uh, so yes, it was not an individual speaking necessarily about how great the game was, but merely just a video of them playing the game and not disclosing yeah. that they were compensated in order to... to Isn't uh, that interesting? With...
3: Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Now, I'm here with Andrew B. Gordon, a CPA and attorney from the uh, Gordon Law Group. And when we return, I'll ask uh, Gordon to talk a little bit about uh, the FTC disclosure as it relates to social media and other places that our content might reside. We'll be right back.
2: More affiliate buzz coming up after we hear from
1: our sponsors. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded.
0: with Orange Hill, contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at OrangeHillDevelopment.com.
1: Get educated and entertained by our panel of on-air experts and peers and engage with us anytime by following us on all major social platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, and LinkedIn, so you can reach us before and after every program. We also feature our new live real-time chat room located on our new social shareable live streaming player. Engage with our hosts and listeners like you during every live and recorded program. Don't worry, you can still access all of our great Webmaster Radio.fm programs at cranberry.fm. Browse through our complete library of programs at cranberry.fm or on demand through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. Refresh your bookmarks today to Cranberry Radio at cranberry.fm.
4: Where affiliate marketing gets its buzz and mobile has its presence. Cranberry Radio, online, anytime at cranberry.fm.
2: Time now to hear some more affiliate buzz. Here's James and Arlene.
3: Arlene is away today, but I'm here with Andrew Gordon, CPA and attorney from the Gordon Law Group. Now, before we talk about uh, content on other sites, let me ask. You, let's go back to the Warner Brothers case for a second, sure. if we could. What 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 would the relationship between the gamer and Warner Brothers? Would what what, what what is that related? It's not, is it an affiliate relationship? How what is that relationship?
6: Well, um, you know, I, I think they were being directly paid by Warner Brothers, um, so I would. No, I would consider influencers analogous to, in many cases, to affiliates. So in this case, yeah, we've got uh, affiliates or those that are directly publishing the content. Um, and nevertheless, Warner Brothers being held responsible for their lack of disclosures.
3: Okay, okay. So in that particular case, what should have Warner Brothers done? I guess we go back to the clear and uh, unambiguous, close as possible to the video analogy.
6: Right. So, you know, in in the video, for example, and the FTC even gives clear – and these are what would be referred to as native ads, ads that look very similar to just a normal – either video or news article but and in, in fact they are uh, endorsements or ads and so even the ftc in the realm of videos gives some very clear or not necessarily clear but gives some guidelines as to what individuals should do so for example if you're on youtube um and this is, was also the case in the warner brothers case um if you have a youtube video just placing in the comments that you were paid or that this is sponsored con- uh, content or that you received the item for free, placing it in the comments or the description is not, not adequate. Uh, it should be in the beginning of the video. If it's written, again, it needs to be on screen long enough such that the viewers can read it uh, or spoken, spoken slowly enough uh, <laughs> so that someone can actually listen to it. Um, but it, it needs to be uh, clear and prominent as well. So, you know, the, the media does have an effect, again, because it's YouTube and on a video. Just placing it in the description won't do it in, in the FTC's eyes.
3: Yeah, yeah, interesting. So then the advertiser, let's go back to the advertiser again for a moment, who has, let's say they have a 1,000 affiliates. And you, you clearly said, same with the network. They have a responsibility in the chain to making sure that, I guess, their affiliates are disclosing properly uh, the relationship uh, what what problems have you seen specifically the advertisers
6: run into? So, you know, it, it, it really depends on a case-by-case basis as, as well. Um, but just making sure that they can monitor and, for example, approval of uh, the content as well. Um, the advertisers being able to approve, um, you know, if it's a video or if it's an ad, and making sure that the disclosure is there is a very important uh, piece of the, uh, the puzzle, and the FTC will hold them to that standard. That they should uh, be able to approve and do so accurately as well. Uh, in the Warner Brothers case, uh, they actually did approve uh, some of their influencers, and they, uh, however, that even those approvals lacked the adequate disclosure. So, um, even just having the ability to approve a review um, isn't necessarily enough. You actually. The advertiser needs to follow the FTC guidelines in that process to make sure uh, that what's going out there is adequate.
3: So you can see this adds quite a layer of management to an affiliate program. A lot of uh, advertisers, especially littler ones, will wonder if they need to have a full-time affiliate manager or if they should hire themselves uh, an outsourced program manager, maybe an agency, somebody to help them manage their affiliate program. I guess this probably right. clearly answers the question uh, to that effect. Plus, those uh, merchants, and it's less and less these days, that just auto-approve every affiliate. I guess uh, you wouldn't recommend that.
6: Absolutely. And, you know, I think it was a few years back, but there was a number of uh, text message spam cases uh, that came out, and we were involved in some of those as well. Um, And the networks, again, were held responsible and required to, going forward, uh, have certain identification information on their affiliates such that if there is spam or something occurring, these individuals can be identified and uh, put a stop to it. Um, but yes, unfortunately, it's, it's very, I won't say necessarily common, but it happens that affiliates are just pre-approved or the necessary diligence doesn't occur in the affiliate program. So I think, you know, your suggestion of outsourcing uh, the program or compliance is important for advertisers. It's not as easy as just saying, well, you know, if you want to be an affiliate, uh, sign up and sell our product and we'll give you a commission.
3: Yeah, it seems like those days are uh, long gone, and by the sounds of it, uh, rightly so. I can see uh, we are up against another break. Again, I'm here with Andrew B. Gordon, CPA and attorney at the Gordon, uh, Gordon Law Group. And when we return, then I will we will hopefully get into uh, talking. But what I'm most interested in, Andrew, is talking about social networking sites and how this applies to that. So we'll do that and more right after the break.
2: More affiliate buzz coming up after we hear from our sponsors.
0: So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to namejet.com at boxpeed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website. Think orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nest trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com.
1: Are you paying too much for your paid advertising, or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at Training.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com.
4: Cranberry Radio, online anytime at cranberry.fm.
2: Time now to hear some more affiliate buzz. Here's James and Arlene.
3: Arlene is away today, but I am here with Andrew Gordon, CPA and attorney for the Gordon Law Group. Let's talk about, uh, if we could, Andrew, social networking sites. we got Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Periscope, Instagram. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. And content, of course, is being published there and other places as well. I guess disclosure is just as important uh, in those areas as well.
6: Yeah, absolutely. So we talked a little bit about YouTube. Um, and, you know, the general suggestion that that disclosure be the beginning uh, clear and prominent so that the viewers uh, can observe it, read it, and so forth. But, yeah, depending on the social media, you know, let's talk about, I guess, a few different examples. Um, disclosures still need to occur. And so one that people often say to me is, well, Twitter, 140 characters. Um, mm. How do I make this disclosure? Um, and the, the FTC has fortunately provided even a little bit of guide guidance in this area um sometimes even simply starting with a hashtag ad or sponsored (laughs) hashtag ad is only (laughs) three characters um at least put uh the followers on notice that this tweet is not just a uh, the opinion of the individual but is in fact an ad or sponsored um Comments, I would say, generally aren't as strong or as good of a place to put that disclosure, just as in uh, YouTube, because it's very easy for consumers to, to miss that disclosure or uh, glance over it. So Twitter in the tweet uh, is probably the best practice there. Uh, Instagram, people, same thing. Where, where do I put it? Well, you, it, uh, to the extent you, know, uh, you can put it on the picture, that's great. But, again, either a hashtag or making it in the description, because on on Instagram, there's just pictures. The description is the only place you can put potentially text. um, Would at least put greater notice to the consumer uh, of that relationship. So um, those would be two suggestions. Blogs, um, you know, if just written text, sometimes just saying, you know, the company uh, ABC provided me this product to try for free. Sometimes even that is sufficient, um, but at sometimes it's not. If they provide you the product for free, but then they gave you thousand dollars as well, you have to disclose that relationship as well. Hmm. Um, any other social media that I, I didn't hit on? Facebook, uh, face, Facebook, Facebook. So um, you know, a- again, to the extent possible, if it could be included in the picture, um, you know. So if you. Uh, could include sponsored by or provided by x and y company in the picture um that would i would i would say is the best practice um but otherwise in the description somewhere that it could be uh prominent and viewed by the individuals that are following you
3: interesting interesting stuff one quick question and i see we're coming up against the clock here what about the use of testimonials? And I'm going to assume legitimate testimonials, but we're not talking fake. We've seen a lot of fake testimonials out there. But what advice could you offer in the area of using testimonials? real sure. one, of
6: Well, course. the general advice I would have in all these cases is uh, disclose more than less if you're uh, concerned. Uh, more is always better. Um, and, again, you know, if you're making a testimonial and you're provided the product, you need to disclose that relationship. Um, if you are paid, you need to disclose it. And at the beginning of the article, um, in the same font and so forth, um, not italicized at the bottom five paragraphs lower or buried within, um, but disclose that relationship right away as well. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't make a, a testimonial. Um, if, in fact, you love a product, you can say so. But if you're paid to, uh, in addition, you need to make that um Aware to the consumers. However, if you were paid uh, for a testimonial and you didn't like the product, you can't say that this product was wonderful. Uh, that would be deceptive to the consumers. Yeah, yeah.
3: I can see uh, we are definitely out of time. Take a moment, if you would, and uh, share your contact information or where our listeners can reach out uh, to your law group.
6: Sure. You could uh, find out more information about us at gordonlawltd.com. Gordon Law LTD as in limited.com or 847 580 1279. Always available and happy to answer any questions.
3: And I do understand you're going to be uh, at Affiliate Summit uh, in New York in about 10 days.
6: Yes, we will be there. Um, I'll be there Saturday to Tuesday. Um, I'll be at a number of the events. So uh, feel free to contact me also on Facebook, Andrew Gordon, uh, and uh, happy to meet and connect
3: wonderful and I look forward to I'll do exactly that I look forward to seeing you seeing you there and uh, we yes, are definitely out of time if there's anything Andrew mentioned here today that you missed keep in mind that we do take all the show notes for you and you can find the notes for this episode at jamesmartel.com forward slash ab431 and a uh, reminder that if you'd like to be alerted each week to new episodes, I invite you to subscribe to the Affiliate Buzz by sending a blank email to affiliate underscore buzz at aweber.com. Andrew, thanks again. And to our listeners, thanks for listening to another edition of the Affiliate Buzz.
6: Absolutely. Thank you very much.